Hello and welcome to Natural Health Simplified, where we help you cut through the noise and provide simple, science-based strategies to help you live a healthy life. I'm Bobby Mehta from Blackmores Institute, and today I'm joined by Director of the Blackmores Institute, pharmacist, naturopath and respected author, Professor Leslie Braun. Today we're going to look at zinc, a star mineral with well-documented benefits on the human immune system as well as men's reproductive health. Zinc is necessary for the activity of over 300 enzymes that aid a host of other processes in the human body. In this episode, we'll take a closer look at some of the other, less commonly known benefits of zinc. Welcome to Natural Health Simplified. Leslie, how are you? I'm great, Bobby. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Now, Leslie, let's start with why zinc is such an important nutrient. Well, as you mentioned, Bobby, zinc is a crucial cofactor in over 300 different enzymatic processes in the body. And as a result, it exerts its effects across multiple systems of the body and influences a wide range of aspects of health. It's probably best known for its role in immunity and skin health, but it's also important for women's health, for example, female fertility, pregnancy and breastfeeding, but also men's health, including reproductive health and prostate function, together with growth and development, wound healing, and also chemical messengers that influence mood, just to name a few. Right, so it sounds like it's an important nutrient uh, and one we need to ensure we're getting enough of. So how do we get zinc in our diet? The food sources of zinc that are particularly rich here are meat, particularly liver. There's also eggs and shellfish, especially oysters, and you know I'm not such a fan of oysters. (laughs) It's also found in nuts and legumes, whole grains, and also seeds. But the key thing here is that the phytates, which is a particular chemical you can find in some whole grains and seeds, can actually inhibit the absorption of zinc. So whilst you might be eating zinc-rich foods, you're not absorbing the zinc that you Mm. thought you would be. So in relative terms, it's interesting to note that just six oysters do provide around 27 to 50 milligrams of zinc. So they really pack Mm. a punch, Uh, whereas 100 grams of red meat or turkey only provides around six milligrams and 3.5 milligrams respectively. So if you like oysters, you're in luck. Mm, (laughs) A lot less in uh, the red meat and turkey, isn't there? A lot less. So this is where we have an issue with vegetarians who are particularly at risk of deficiency because it's so much harder to get the right amount from vegetarian sources. Firstly, because you find that the vegetarian sources tend to have less zinc in general, but also the bioavailability, or in other words, your ability to absorb the zinc from these foods is far lower than the non-vegetarian sources. So in some instances, vegetarians can require up to 50% more of the RDI for zinc than people who are non-vegetarian. Zinc deficiency is also really common, Bobby. I don't think people realise this. In fact, zinc deficiency is the second biggest mineral deficiency in the world after iron. So it's really important to be looking at your zinc and what your levels are and looking at your diet. And if you're not sure, go and talk to your GP, your naturopath or your pharmacist to make sure that you're getting enough zinc in your diet. Leslie, you mentioned vegetarians there. Uh, Now, Other than vegetarians, who else might need zinc? And what are the common signs or clues that would suggest a possible need for more zinc? The thing that I always look out for are people who are highly susceptible to colds and common infections. And they just seem to be those people that are constantly catching colds. That's one of the things I'd be thinking about. Mm. The other thing can be poor wound healing, and that's just taking longer than you would normally expect. A lot of naturopaths also look for those white spots on the nails. And if you start to get white spots on the majority Mm -hmm. of the nails together with some of those other things, it could mean that you're low in zinc. But there are a range of other risk factors to think about. So people who have chronic or severe diarrhoea, 
people on high fibre diets. And this is where those phytates come in again. So phytates are those chemicals you find that can actually form these insoluble complexes with zinc. In other words, they bind to the zinc, so you don't absorb them very well at all. Then there's alcoholics, and then there's people with certain health conditions. So people with malabsorption syndrome, such as Crohn's disease, they generally have trouble absorbing a whole range of nutrients, including zinc. People with eating disorders, such as anorexia nervosa, also chronic inflammatory states, and also a lot of people don't realize it, but diabetics are at risk of zinc deficiency. And that's due to the fact that they tend to have higher levels of urinary excretion, and also they tend to absorb zinc less from their diets. And the last one, again, one a lot of people don't realize, is some medications used long term can actually increase your excretion of zinc and also reduce the way that you absorb zinc from your diet. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those medications we're thinking about here are things involved with blood pressure. So ACE inhibitors, angiotensin II receptor blockers, and also thiazide diuretics as well. So if someone does have suboptimal zinc levels, what dose would you suggest? And plus, what sort of tips do you have for people who do need to take zinc? So the dose that I tend to recommend at this point is 25 milligrams of elemental zinc daily. So it's really important to read the label and look for the elemental zinc Mm. amount in there. Now, zinc absorption can be decreased if you take it at the same time as your calcium and iron supplements or soy protein or coffee, or even there's a particular kind of antibiotics called tetracyclines or quinolone antibiotics. So if you're taking any of those, you've got to separate the dose by about two hours to make sure you fully absorb the zinc from your supplement. Now, one thing to keep in mind is if people use high doses of zinc, it can cause a little bit of gastric upset and nausea. So at this point, I recommend it's good to take it with food and that will reduce the chance of it happening to you. It's also important to realise if you take zinc supplementation long term, it can impact the absorption of some other nutrients. So you can upset the balance. So again, I'd recommend going to see a naturopath to check your diet, make sure you've got all the right things in your diet and also choosing the right dose of zinc for you and really being clear about how long you need to take it for. Fantastic. Thanks for that. That's a really great overview of zinc. But what I'm really interested in learning uh, is more of the lesser common known things about zinc, those qualities that maybe we don't hear too much about. I know it's widely researched due to its role in so many processes, but what are the latest standout bits of research that you've come across? Oh, this is the stuff I love looking at. So what are the new things that are coming out? And there's always something new and interesting taking place here. In fact, one of the recent studies that caught my eye was featured in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Now, this was a meta-analysis and it involved 1,700 participants across 14 countries. And it showed that zinc supplementation produced a statistically significant reduction in fasting Mm. blood glucose. So big study here. And the really great thing about this is the fact that it's of benefit not only to diabetic patients, but also to people who are at high risk of developing diabetes as well. Yeah, that's super important, especially when you consider that all the leading health experts nowadays are referring to diabetes as a modern day epidemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, How did the study go explaining that effect? Well, the effect was attributed to the fact that zinc plays a very important role in glycemic control. In other words, glucose levels and how the body controls Mm. them. We know that zinc's abundant in the cells of the pancreas, and the pancreas is really important because it plays a role in secreting insulin. And it's the insulin that helps to regulate glucose transport and utilisation in the body. So this would help explain the results showing zinc supplementation was associated with reduced blood glucose concentrations, increased insulin sensitivity, and 
also reduced inflammation and it's so safe. <laughs> That's very interesting. It'll be good to see how the research translates into clinical recommendations going forward. Uh, any others in research that piqued your interest recently? Uh, there's lots of studies. <laughs> um, again, I'm going to talk about diabetes and this was a study that was published early in 2020, so it's really fresh. And the journal this one was published in was called Diabetology and Metabolic Syndrome. This time it was a double-blind placebo-controlled trial and what that means is that some people had the zinc supplement and some people had something that looked exactly the same but didn't contain any zinc. And both groups were put on a calorie-restricted diet. They did this for 15 weeks and the group that was taking 30 milligrams of zinc actually had astonishingly different results to the group that was taking the placebo. In fact, what they found was 30 milligrams of zinc resulted in a significant reduction in body weight, body mass index, waist circumference and hip circumference compared to the group using placebo. Yet they were both on the same calorie controlled diet, so it had to be the zinc. Wow, that's interesting. How do they explain that? Well, according to the study, the improvement of zinc status had a favourable effect on something called leptin regulation. Now, leptin is a hormone that can affect appetite and food cravings. It also regulates your energy balance. And this study suggested that it was the effect of zinc on leptin regulation, which had the effect on food intake regulation. So there's actually quite a lot of biochemistry behind this. Um, and I just keep finding it's remarkable that little old mm. zinc can do this. So does that mean when we put weight on, we might not have enough zinc? Look, it may very well be. I think there's more research to be done here. There have been a few previous studies that looked at this, and they did find that zinc levels and dietary intake of zinc can be insufficient in people who are obese. And this might result in further weight gain. On the flip side, people who are trying to lose weight by going on a calorie-controlled diet might be missing out on zinc as well, and then they're battling those food cravings and finding it really hard. So I'd suggest Think Zinc for anyone interested in managing their weight. Yeah, that's great, because that helps at both ends of the scale mm -hmm. than if you're obese or even if you're trying to lose weight. Yeah. Always learn something new when I speak to you, Leslie. Zinc in diabetes and obesity, really interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. No, it is. I mean, I'm really excited by this line of research and looking forward to learning a lot more. Thank you so much. As always, it was great to have you join me and I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. Thanks, Bobby, for having me. I hope you've also enjoyed this episode of the podcast and I look forward to you joining me again soon too for another episode. I'm Bobby Mehta and this has been Natural Health Simplified. Until next time, goodbye for now. <laughs>